hello and welcome to another episode of Inspired by Yarra. This is the podcast that's been created to enhance, connect and inspire the Yarra Valley Grammar community and beyond. So wherever you're listening from today, I want to say thank you. Thanks for tuning in and for being part of a community where we celebrate story, we recognize adventure and we want to acknowledge growth and perspective and wisdom that is gained not only through school and tracking your way through the lessons and the experiences of school at Yarra Valley Grammar, but also acknowledging the growth and opportunities that presents after finishing your time at Yarra. Today, I sit down with Penny Swan from the class of 1990, school captain back in the day. Rather humble about that leadership opportunity, but still uh, arrived in year 11 and uh, then went on to obviously make a significant contribution to our school and has done in multiple ways since then. I know that you'll appreciate the wisdom, the perspective and the clarity with which Penny is able to share. Enjoy this conversation with Penny Swan from the class of 1990. Welcome back to another episode of Inspired by Yarra. And today, have the opportunity to sit down with Penny Swan from the class of 1990. Penny, welcome to Inspired by Yarra. Thank you, Paul. It's great to be here. Penny, can you take us back to your early memories of coming to Yarra? What year did you start in and why at that year level? So I started at Yarra Valley in 1989 um, and I came into year 11. So it was so long ago that girls were only invited uh, to Yarra Valley in those years, year 11 and 12. So um, the odds and the were, were pretty much in our favour, to be honest. One girl for every three or four boys, which was quite nice for me back then. Um, and my sister had just finished Yarra Valley. So I came in um, with a sense of excitement back then because I knew that she'd had such a great experience at Yarra Valley and um, I was really looking forward to my final two years of high school there. And had you come from a a co-ed environment or had you come from an all-girls environment? So I came along, when I started at Yarra, um, I'd come from Luther College, which was co-ed, and my entire schooling had been in a co-ed environment. Um, Of the 70 girls um, heading into year 11 in that year, in 1989, about 35 of those were coming from Tintern, so um, they already had... uh, preformed friendships and and largely knew each other coming into the school and then the remainder were from different schools from around the place but prior to that too so I'd, I was coming officially from Luther College but it was on the back of a, um, an exchange to the states that I came to uh, Yarra Valley as well. Ah so so just to clarify this is news you had so in 89 you started at Yarra but in for example 88 were you in the states? America yes. Oh, tell me a little bit about that. What, what, why were you there? Uh, well, it was just I'd been watching an American TV show um, when I was 14 and decided that that was something that I really, I had, I'd always had a sense of adventure and really interested in travelling. I hadn't been you know, overseas at that point um, and had a real appetite for it. So I begged my parents to apply and um, I was 14 at the time and they were like, yeah, you won't get in too young and of course um, obviously put a compelling case forward and begged enough and I got through and so when I was 15 I headed off to the states down south to Tennessee and went to um, a school down there and it was back in the 80s so it was still um, there was still a great deal of racial segregation down there so it was a real eye-opener for me and 
an amazing experience, a transformational experience actually. Um, and I came back with a great deal of confidence and a, certainly an appetite for more change and to try new things, which was really what um, introduced the idea of moving from Luther to Yarra Valley um, to me and for my parents. Wow, that's a that's a fascinating backstory. So not only were you changing Yarra by coming as one of a, a few girls who coming into that year level, but it was a significant change for you because you've had 12 months in the States and experiencing their version of learning and education and equality or not, and then you're coming into Yarra equally with a situation uh that wasn't equal in terms of numbers at least, but did you find that when you started at Yarra there were opportunities for the girls? Absolutely. I thought just um, having opening the school up to girls in itself was, I think, um, Yarra Valley acknowledging that um, it was important for co-education and it was great for um, students to be able to learn alongside each other regardless of their um you know, their gender or their racial background or whatever that may be. So I certainly felt like it was an inclusive environment at Yarra Valley and it was a big start to that. There was obviously um, some resistance um, from people that had just not experienced um, co-ed environments before and that was just a learning. But um, largely I felt like we were welcomed with open arms. Um, Fantastic. That's great. So who in those early days, and as you say, some of the social groups had perhaps already come pre-packaged but where did you tend to hang who were the people what was what was your crowd were you out on the sports field were you hanging in the library were you behind the the shelter sheds like where was your space and who were your people um well because i i was coming from a school and from another environment that i i didn't know anyone i had gone to school with a few of the boys but i hadn't seen them really since those days so i was coming in and i was quite excited about that um, and what I found was that those that were coming from schools um, without large circles of friends were far more open to, you know, forming new friendships quickly. So I did find it a very welcoming environment. Um, and the group that I sort of formed a friendship, um, friendships with very quickly, was, it was a really eclectic group. So uh, we had sort of general interests. We had, we, were, we enjoyed sport. There were um, girls in our group that were from the fine arts um, uh, fine arts environment and an interest in that area and you know others that we played tennis together um, in earlier days or you know we were doing classes together so it was really an eclectic group and it worked for us and it was both boys and girls and um, we very quickly um, it surprised me now looking back how quickly we we bonded and those friendships that we formed we formed um, quite um, you know solid friendships and and although there were, we did have a, a friendship circle because some of those friends weren't in the hockey team that I played in. I also made friends in the hockey team and the Rockerstead that I made friends there. So I felt like um, even though there were some people that had come to the school with preformed friendships and friendship groups, were all really open to meeting new people and um, and it was it was an inclusive environment. I felt. And it seems to me like you took on the opportunities to get involved in this and this and this. You weren't um, keeping an alliance with a particular group of people, but in fact followed your interests and have a go at this, give a try at that. Where, from a classroom perspective, where where did you kind of err? Were you up in the fine arts area? Were you uh, 
uh, enjoying the sciences or was it writing? Where, where, what sort of uh, subject areas did you kind of head towards? I can say too, um, I my education, my academic education is very much like my career. I'm more of a general, generalist than I am a specialist. At the time, I found that frustrating because I wasn't really sure what area, like I looked at people that had a, an absolute passion, a deep passion for graphic design or for fashion or for sport I wanted to do it all and I wasn't fantastic at any one of them but I enjoyed them and I did them to a degree of okayness um but really I've now come to appreciate the fact that I my strength is really in the fact that I give things a go and I try things and I'm not really that scared of failure and um I may not be that great, but I, I give it a go. So from an education perspective, I, I probably didn't take advantage of the academic aspects as much as I could because I was, you know, busy socialising, doing sport, you know, enjoying Yarra Valley singers and debating and a whole host of things. And But now looking back, that was the best thing for me because I had a very well-rounded education and experience there. And And I think you're right. It's not saying one way is better than the other. It's saying what was right for you, what was best for you was to have the opportunity to try lots of different things and, and as you say, do well in some and not so well in the in others, but that in itself is a learning experience. Yeah, and I, and I left Yarra Valley um, and, again, it, it took me some time to really appreciate this, but it certainly gave me the foundations in leadership and personal development that, you know, you can't get from a classroom, you get from a whole host of environments and Yarra Valley, Yarra Valley afforded me that. So before we leave Yarra, tell me a little bit about leadership, whether it be uh, student leadership, because you might have a thing or two to say about that, um, but also school leadership. Who are some of the leaders of the school that you can remember back in those days, staff and then students? Um, well, one teacher in particular um, had a profound effect on me for many, many years to come. And I've had a conversation with you about this in previous years that Margaret King, um, who was our year 11 and 12 coordinator, you know, coming into, you know, you're going through your, your teenage years, as much as I reflect on Yarra Valley really positively and it being a great time, there was also, you know, tough teenage years and tough times that you go through naturally and everyone does. And she was, she was fantastic. You know, she, le- she, I found for, for me, she was um, a great mentor um, and provided great leadership. Um, she had that great balance between empathy and understanding. She was very authentic, but equally she was our teacher and, you know, I really respected her as well and I respected those boundaries. So um, from that perspective and um, leadership from a student perspective, I think we had a lot of, um, strong leaders in our year, some from a sporting perspective that did a great job. My friend Kim, I think, um, was a great leader and she did so really well as a prefect and also through her sporting achievements. And um, I think we had a really strong student body, um, prefects as well, that um, provided great leadership, not only for our years, but the younger year levels as well. And that was, for me, probably one of my... um, greatest, I don't want to say achievements, but certainly something that I, I really was proud of when I left was that, you know, that I was able to connect with some younger students and, you know, they told me years after how much that meant seeing some of the older students coming back and spending time with them in the tuck shop line if they were all alone and, you know, coming to talk to them and, and really, um, you know, connecting with them and what that meant to some of them. And 
um, yeah, again, that was something that I really am grateful to Yarra Valley for that opportunity. It, it is interesting, isn't it, how significant a conversation can be, particularly if an older kid recognises you or gives you some time just to have a conversation as a younger student that is that's a significant um uh, i guess opportunity to feel like i've been noticed and i've been um and yet for the older student it's not a big deal really and we can change somebody's whole day just by slowing down enough and saying hi that's right and i think um I now know I've got a, a seven going on eight year old son and when he started primary school, they were explaining to us that um, they didn't have a cafeteria and why they didn't. They said, because it's often, you can often find some lonely students that will gravitate to the cafe, to the cafeteria um, as a way of um, avoiding loneliness and spending t- more time there than they are mixing and, and building friendships. And I reflect on that now because when we went and spent time, you know, looking after the tuck shop queue as leaders of the school, um, you just, you you don't think of the impact that can have, but that one child that's perhaps lonely and looking for something, you spend that moment. And, you know, that has been a lesson that stayed with me for life. You know, those conversations, you think, I don't think that I could have an impact on someone. And then you have, and you didn't even realize that you did. And that's very humbling. Yeah, that's a great reflection. I really appreciate that. Tell me, when you uh, finished Year 12, um, and there would have been a number attached to that, do you think much about that number? Does it really mean anything? Was it significant for you? Did you get a grade that you were happy with? Or does it not actually matter in your experience? It certainly doesn't now. I will say um, I'd always been a, a good student, and then in Year 12, I think... Um, I was really, I was disappointed in my, in the number itself because I set high expectations for what that would be. Um, but it, I think I was so focused for a little while because back then we were, it was all about the number. That was really the definition of whether you're a success or not. I allowed that to be that definition for a while and it was only um, in the years after that that it, I think the biggest lesson for me was that my education wasn't sacrificed at Yarra Valley because the number wasn't what I wanted because I got so many other things out of my time there and it was a great investment from my family to send me to Yarra Valley because it was a, a privileged opportunity to go there. Um, and it has it set me up, like it showed that I can do anything. It didn't stop me from doing anything that I wanted. You know, I've had a great life and that number has not had one impact at all and that would be a message I would say to any student feeling the pressure is that I I had a great time there and I worked hard I built great friendships I took on leadership roles I tried everything and I did it without fear of failure and did I get a number I wanted absolutely not but you know what I found other ways around of getting into the course that I wanted and it gave me time to reflect on really what it was because to be honest the courses that I selected at Yarra Valley I wasn't thinking about future me I was thinking about what's the cool class to be doing at the time and which ones are my friends doing? I wasn't really focused um, perhaps on what I should have been. But again, um, it gave me the education, the well-rounded education that I needed and the learnings that I needed as well. My parents never, ever pushed me because I was kind of hard on myself and they were the ones at the end that said, let go of the number, you know, <laughs> forget the number and think about what else it is that you, that you achieved at Yarra Valley. Um, mm. And I'm really proud of what I've done at 
what I what I accomplished at school and what I've accomplished since. And that's the failures as well. That's a beautiful reflection. And as you say, the reality is in the moment you can go, get caught up with, with what you think is the most important and what you think is the most significant, but hindsight and reflection and maybe some wisdom around you and life experience helps you then to go, actually, there's more to it than a number. Um, And in that sense, there is success there because you've looked back and seen, yes, I I grew in this area, I learned that, I explored that, I got the opportunity to do this or that. But the reality is um, it doesn't always turn out that way. Sometimes you have experienced failure or you've had a letdown, a, a, a trip, a stumble and a fall. And I wonder if you can share with us an experience where things didn't go the way you wanted to, whether it be at school or after school. And how do you respond in that moment of um, disappointment or uh, maybe maybe uh, absolute shattered, you know, everything's fallen apart? Can you tell us a story about something that didn't go to plan? Um, yeah, absolutely. There's been those moments um, through school, post-school, life is about that and I do I like to aim high and I know with aiming high sometimes the falls can be a little you can fall a little harder um I'm not just cruising along accepting that this life is what it it is what it is Uh, I want more and as much as I can from from life and with that there come some disappointments because I'm a little unrealistic at times too and you know at the end of school absolutely was one of those moments and um, I think the biggest point for that is I needed the time to reflect on um, what was in my control at that point. Um, you know, to be honest, I was saying that I wanted to be a lawyer. Well, I didn't want to be a lawyer. <laughs> so it wasn't stopping me from doing anything else. You know, marketing was the right place for me to be, an international business that was right. It just gave me the time to reflect on that and figure out the best way to approach it. And it wasn't diabolic anyway, but it was certainly, um, I, I felt personally crushed there for a while. Um, that I wasn't where I wanted to be, um, but I came back even stronger. And I think you've just got to figure out what's what's within your control, and then what you can do. You said about the recovery from there, and um, what it also afforded me was that time to reflect on um, what it is that I wanted. So I spent, you know, that gap year travelling, and actually it was more than a year um, travelling, and I came back with absolute clarity. And had I got into the course that I wanted. Um, got into law straight out of school, I would have been probably dropping out two years later and unhappy, whereas I took a year and explored and and did the most amazing things and came back absolutely focused on university and was a better student as a result. Like I found I understood how to study. I did a great job of, you know, focusing on the things that were important and it was because I'd had a setback. So I dipped and then came back stronger. Yeah, that's great. We're, we're talking with Penny Swan from the class of 1990. And Penny, you told us a little bit about wherever it came from, but a sense of adventure even before you arrived at Yarra and you talked your way into, you applied, you approved the opportunity to travel. And it sounds like once you finished at Yarra, you then went and travelled again. Do you still have a love, a passion, a desire for travel and if, there, if you do, is there a place that either you would strongly recommend that would be a great place for people to go and explore and or is there a destination you've got in mind that one day you'd love to go and see? 
Um, that is the toughest question. Um, yeah, so absolutely still have a passion for travel and now I'm introducing with great joy, introducing my seven-year-old son to travel and it's not always the, the grandest of trips, you know, travelling around, um, you know, beautiful places offshore. I also love camping. I have a real connection with the outback because I, I drive rally cars and I, I have spent time rallying in the outback um, and I have a real connection there and I've taken my son there and... He's been part of the service crew and enjoyed that as well. So it's not just the destination um, for travel for me. It's the experience, experiencing all the things around that. So whether it's the food and, you know, whether it's camping under the stars or whether it's, you know, some beautiful moments in a lovely hotel, you know, whatever that may be. And um, I don't have one particular thing on my list, but certainly the ones that I have places I've travelled that I know that are important that I want to share with my son. I would like to go back to Africa and spend a term there and have him go to the school and I'd like to volunteer at a school um, with where we've been sponsoring his um, our sponsored child there for the last 10 years. Archie and I have talked about that at length, so that's something really important that we can share together and I'm also realistic. Um, I know that he won't want to travel with his mother for, you know, <laughs> beyond the ages of that I'll be paying for him, I suppose. So... Um, so I've got a bit of a list of things that I'd like to do with him, but certainly for me, adventure comes in all shapes and forms and um, I don't limit that to any one place or any one thing. Yeah, that's fantastic. I, I love that notion of building a long-term connection with somebody who you're supporting and then you and Arch being able to go over and, and visit and, and see what real life is like over there. That's a beautiful goal. I hope um, yeah, we're aiming for grade five, so I think that's also a really critical time, you know, where we we live, we're very fortunate here and we have so much and I think kids too get more and more and more and we want to give them more and more and more as, as their parents. I think that's a great age for us to go back, strip it back to the bare essentials and just see what makes us happy. There's so much, there's this really innate joy um, over there with so little and certainly the communities I've experienced over there, um, that's been the case. And I'd love to share that with Archie and so he can come back um, as a young boy and understand when I'm saying no to an Xbox or a Wii or whatever it may be, um, or sometimes when I'm saying yes, um, how grateful and appreciative he is of, of having that. Mm. Some uh, little parenting advice thrown in. That's fantastic. Thank you. That's great. Not intended. Not intended. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I appreciate it. It's it's good because the listeners of this podcast are many of them are yogs. Some of them are current students. Many of our parents uh, tune in. So uh, I think that there's there's certainly some wisdom in what you're sharing uh, on all of those layers. Tell me a little bit about more about your story in terms of finishing year twelve. You went and travelled. You found yourself a little bit. You came back with more focus. What did you come back to? What was the kind of the next steps in your pathway? So I came back, um, started studying marketing and international business, which I really loved. I got very much into, um, I had the same approach to university as I did to high school and got myself knee deep in every activity going around and was very much involved in the water ski, um, water ski team there and loved that. That became a big part of my life. And also at that point, um, I really started having a, a true hankering to, to, to rally to drive rally cars, which I'd been exposed to all my life. My parents have been involved in rallying um, since I was born and um, 
my parents actively discouraged it because I thought that it was, you know, a waste of time and money for me. I should be focusing on my education and buying a house. And so I went off and just bought myself a car and having no idea what I was doing, you know, they, as good parents, went, okay, well, you've shown us commitment. We'll come along and we're not going to pay for a thing. You've got to show us you can afford it, but we'll come here and we'll, su- we'll support you for every event. And so that ended up being a, a big part of my life as well. And the rally community that I formed there was much like the one that I had at school. Um, people from all backgrounds. Um, I love that. I love learning from different people and experiencing different sorts of personalities and backgrounds. And you certainly get that from a rallying environment. So I did that for a long time. Um, and um, meanwhile, you know, finishing off my um, uni degree while I was working full time as well. And from a career perspective, I've just, um, I worked for the Holden Racing Team because, you know, motorsport all of a sudden became my big focus. And I ended up being a driver manager for Mark Scaife and Craig Lowndes. Um, and then I moved into um, other areas of motorsport and, and did some great stuff and met some wonderful people. And I, I'm, you know, really pleased with the things that I've done along the way, but it hasn't taken a standard course of working in one industry and climbing the ladder. I've certainly deviated and I think only now I can I sit back in my 40s and appreciate that that's, that's my, my journey. You know, I'm not the person that does things in a methodical order and that will, you know, climb a ladder and in 18 months this is where I'll be. My the way I experience life is kind of a little all over the shop and I'm happy with that. You know, I'm meeting great people and I'm learning a lot more about myself. I'm so happy now because I've tried so many different things and I'm now at a place with my career that I'm, I'm also really happy because of that. Um, those experiences led me here and, um, and you know, that would be my advice to my son too is that, you know, you don't have to follow anyone else. You, you find your own way and... Um, it doesn't have to be um, something that's a laid out plan. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it takes a certain level of courage and confidence to do that though, doesn't it? In terms of, by the sounds of it, if you've found an interest, and, and I, I don't mean to stereotype, but if you found an interest in, in car rallying and driving and you've purchased a car and that led to some involvement in high level, elite level of motorsport, there wouldn't, I imagine, there wouldn't have been too many uh, young ladies who are um, interested in that and have been able to, to pursue a career in that the way you have. I wonder what what did you learn from an environment that's endeavouring to perform at a high level, the Holden Racing Team, for example, and some of the names that you mentioned, those drivers are at the top of the game. What do you learn from being close to those sorts of performers? It's funny, um, when you're in the outside looking in, you have a, a perception of what it would be like when you're there. And when you are in, you realise that these are just people. They have families that they go home to, they have the same stresses, the things that they're getting frustrated about are not things that we can't relate to. In fact, probably they're the same kind of problems that we're frustrated and worried about. They're worried about their kids, they're worried about you know, getting doing a good job. Their job may be really well paid and um, seen by millions of people around the country, but they're still worried about their performance at work as we are in a very different way. So um, I think every every um, 
experience I've had throughout my career with people of high profile or environments of high profile and even, you know, when I was competing, these are just all people. And you know what? People are generally really good. <laughs> they want to help. Um, when you ask for it, the good ones are more willing to help than, than not. Um, and there are more good people than not too, would be my take on it as well. And the what you figure out too, when I was young, I, I was probably um, not as confident when I was working for the racing team as I, as I am now. And, you know, some of the things you have people, you know, saying things that are a little intimidating at the time. Um, but, you know, you don't have to, they're just humans and you don't have to, you know what you're willing to accept and what you're not. Um, I learned a lot from the time with a racing team and um, I thought that was um, great from, yeah, just an equaliser perspective. And from my experience in rallying itself, the guys that I rallied with, nine times out of ten, they just wanted to see me loving the sport like they do, doing well. Um, you know, they didn't want me to beat them, but and they did, didn't respond particularly well when I did <laughs> at the start. But really, now when I go and compete, um, I'm just one of them. Um, yeah. And we all have that in common. We all love that that rush, that adventure, the camaraderie, the support, you know, and if something happened, they would be there and help you as I would be for them, although I don't have great mechanical skills, so <laughs> I wasn't that helpful, but um, we're all just human. Yes. So I learned a lot from that. That's great. I, I've i written down here um, rally driving because that's an area that I've never spoken to anybody who's uh, done that into that, and this is fascinating for me. Um, are you... Are you the driver or are you the navigator? Are you the the everything? And are you the one who, like, is it the the, the speed, the pace, the the uncertainty, the like? What is it about rally driving that excites you? Um, I drive, so I started up co driving, and that wasn't really for me. I'm a bit of a control freak, so I found that really difficult, to be honest. <laughs> Um, I was doing the invisible braking and, you know, <laughs> so that just was and I get car sick when someone else is driving too. So I realised really early on that driving was for me and it was the teamwork. I love that because when you have a co-driver in the car, they very much guide you. They open the road for you with their instructions. Uh -huh. They give you the confidence to, to go fast when you can't see what's ahead. So yeah. I loved that, being in sync, and equally with the service crew, I love the, you know, you get out of the car and we're all in it together and there was, you know, we often had mechanical issues or whatever it may be, but we always had such a great time. We were always the lowest budget team in, you know, in the events and we did a good job. Like we put in some really great results and we had always had huge amount of fun. Um, the other teams were fantastically supportive um, and, you know, I'd be lying if I didn't say I, I, I love the speed um, and... You know, I love um, the strategy of it all too. So it's not just um, in rallying. You can't just put your foot down and go fast and expect to win a rally. There's so many variables, so many things that, you know, come up. The conditions may be wet one day and dry the other. You've got rocks on the road. You've got kangaroos when you're competing in the outback and, and emus as well that you've got to counter for. And I love that. That's so exciting, you know. And then 
you're racing against yourself because you're at two minute intervals so you haven't got someone side by side but if you're catching dust you know that kind of gets the adrenaline pumping and you know you may get to overtake someone but um, I realize I'm talking quite fast now because I know that it's something that really excites me and um, I don't get to do it that often anymore but when I do at the moment the helmet's on and the harness is up tight I love it. Wow, I, I, thank you for, for speeding up as you told us that because we could feel that excitement and uh, we were almost in the car beside you and uh, I, I'd, I'd be a, um, a co-driver any day. With, with you at the wheel, I reckon, uh, I reckon that'd be all right. I'd feel quite comfortable and safe there. Thanks um, for the confidence, Paul. <laughs> I, I wonder whether I can take you back into the Yarra environment and I want to be very respectful of your time and uh, I've just got a few more questions to explore here as well. But... If I offer the term to you, Lavavi Oculus, I wonder if you can recall that is our school motto and whether you uh, remember what that means. And if you do, what does it mean today? It's funny. Um, I do remember it. I didn't reflect on it a lot while I was there, but I, th I think from memory it's lift your eyes up. Lift thy eyes. Yeah, yeah lift your eyes up. Um, and, again, I, I probably didn't think about it a lot when I was at Yarra, but if if I do think about it, it's to me, um, it's beyond us. So you're looking up and it's your friends and it's the community and it's the Yarra Valley community itself. So it's it's almost a humbling kind of motto where it's not just, it's not just about us. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's more than that. And um, yeah, I think it's quite grounding. Yeah, that's great. I'm going to move into what I like to call the lightning round, where they might be short, sharp answers and short, sharp questions. Some of them will stretch you a little bit and some of them will be school related. Some might be sort of more general. But I wonder if you can recall what house were you in while you were at Yarra? Arnott. 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 Did they do any good in your day? I remember getting dressed up, uh, but I can't remember if we did any well. <laughs> we were any good. <laughs> Is there a, a musical or a drama that you remember either being involved in or watching that was memorable? Uh, well, I was in the Rock of Stedford and I, that was fantastic. Loved that. And also the Yarra Valley Singers. How did you used to travel to and from school? Uh, bus. And dropped. I get, got dropped off in the morning in the bus home at night. Yeah. And, and you... Come to know a small group of kids that way, don't you, from different year levels, that they're kind of your bus friends. Yes, yes. Although it, it kind of changed a lot when you have sport after school, which, you know, invariably had activities most nights. So that time of catching the bus would vary. So I didn't get locked in so much with a solid group that I'd catch the bus with every day. Sure, yeah. What would be a regular feature in your lunchbox? Oh, so a big favourite was Taylor's bread, um, cottage cheese, sultanas, Vegemite and lettuce. <laughs> Whoa, we're going to have to break that down. That's quite a combo. Oh, you've got to try it. It's fantastic. <laughs> One of my mum's creations. <laughs> there are people who are going to replay the last 15 seconds and listen to that combination, that recipe again. <laughs> and I loved I could have had three apples a day. I loved apples. <laughs> Would you prefer house swimming or house athletics? Swimming. Is there a piece of work that you completed while you were at Yarra that you're particularly proud of? Oh, very sadly, no. <laughs> uh, no. That's okay. What was your first car? Being a car person, when you know the first car that you owned and you were allowed to drive on the roads. Um, it was a Hillman Imp, 
that my dad had restored and um, he did say that, you know, I had to buy my own car and I didn't have money at the time so I drove that as a starter but it wasn't my car and then I bought myself a, a terrible old boggy brown Corolla with rusty roof racks. What, <laughs> what colour was it? Uh, it was boggy brown <laughs> <laughs> with a white roof. <laughs> Penny, uh, you've been really generous with your time. I've just got maybe two more questions to go. And uh, and I'd, I want to give you the opportunity, and I don't want you to be humble, but a 30-second brag. What's really working well for you right now? Um, I'm 30 years out of school. I'm, I've got an amazing son. I'm, I've got a great job that allows me um, to connect in education, which is a space that I'm really interested in from a marketing angle. Um, and also with the community, which is really important to me. And, yeah, I just, I, I'm really fortunate. I live a great life. I'm, I'm really happy. So, yes. That's fantastic. And do you have a, a habit or a rhythm or a routine that is part of perhaps your, your, um, your success or your happiness? Um, exercise has always been um, really important for me, and I find that, you know, from a mental health perspective, I find that I'm happiest when I'm in a rhythm and um, exercise plays a, a regular part of my life. So, and when I fall out of rhythm with that, I can feel myself kind of just not having the same level of motivation and energy. So that's certainly an important thing. And um, of the last four months, I've also been getting into a rhythm of nightly meditation before I go to sleep. And I found that really helpful disconnecting from the day and going to a nice, relaxing sleep. That's really, really good. Um, my final question is uh, based on th this podcast being called Inspired by Yarra, and I wonder if you can recall, reflect something that inspired you about from within during your time at Yarra, whether it's a thing, a place, a person, an experience that was inspirational and, dare I say, maybe uh, a life-changing experience or opportunity. Uh, so I'm 40-something and Yarra Valley was only two years of my life, yet it has had a huge impact um, on my life and it's not, I couldn't pinpoint one thing. I will say that I think um, the friendships I formed, um, what I learned about myself while I was there and the opportunities it gave me a chance to look much broader than um, I thought possible. So even though we don't have the same we didn't have the same facilities as they do now. It certainly didn't feel like, I didn't feel like there were any limitations. And that's an amazing thing to walk out into the world after year 12 and have that sense that you can do anything and be anything and um, yeah, anything's possible. And I think the school teachers and the friendships that I formed there um, played a big part of that. So that that's certainly, I think, you know, 30 years on now, we're having a 30 year reunion. Um, I consider that quite inspiring. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and putting it in context of of your forty something years, and and it was only two years, but and yet there are ripples of that that continue to uh, be part of your experience and your life today. It's uh, it's great, Penny. Thank you for your time. Thanks for um, the opportunity to catch up. I know we had to have a couple of goes at this, but it uh, was worth the effort. So thank you very much. Yeah, sorry about my tech. Um my inability to sort out the tech side of things. But um, thanks very much for your time, Paul. It's always great to catch up with Fantastic. you. Fantastic. Excellent. Thank you very much. And there you have it, another episode of Inspired by Yarra. 
I hope you found that conversation with Penny Swan from the class of 1990 to be interesting, engaging and informative. As each of our guests here on the Inspired by Yarra podcast, Penny is a yog, a Yarra old grammarian. And if you know of other yogs who you think might be interested in this episode, or in fact any of our episodes, or interested in becoming one of our upcoming guests, then we'd love you to be in touch with us. And you can send an email uh, or contact us via the community section of the yvg.vic.edu.au website. We look forward to you joining with us again next week when we have another episode with another Yarra Old Grammarian who also has the opportunity to share their stories and adventures and life lessons. We look forward to seeing and hearing and speaking with you then. And now on behalf of everybody who's part of the team who puts these conversations together, I want to say thank you and wish you another day where you get out there with intentionality to make a difference in the world around you. Mm -hmm.